Good morning, my friend. Hope you're doing well. It is early in the morning on Saturday, and we're going to have a great day out here on the river, Lord willing. Should be some pretty warm weather, but we hopefully won't have any more rain today, and I am definitely back on my feet. I'm still pretty congested, sneezing a bit, so I apologize if my voice sounds a little weird still. Lisa's a day or two behind me, um, getting better, but she's uh, still kind of a little puny. Tata got uh, some antibiotics, and he's starting to make the turn, I think, but we, we've had this crazy, horrible virus, not COVID. Tests are negative, thank, thank the Lord. We've been sick and just kind of dealing with this nonsense, uh, sniffling, coughing, sneezing, <laughs> all that stuff. But we're on men. Thank you for your prayers. I appreciate it. Hey, I want to talk to you for a minute. You know, I told you as we started the month that we were going to talk about fear, and then we got derailed by me not being able to talk and get through more than a couple of minutes uh, without making some racket with my voice. <laughs> so i um, been playing you some other stuff for a few days, and then I pray that the Lord led me to bring stuff to you that was helpful to you. Um, but today I want to talk about fear for a minute because one thing that fear does is fear hijacks your nervous system, okay? Fear activates your limbic system. The deepest, most uh, primitive parts of your wiring are basically designed, God put them there, to keep you alive when there's an external threat. So when the bear comes you get scared and you run away you don't even have to think about it you automatically hightail it out of there in the fight or flight response when when, when the threat is bigger than you are and you know you can't fight it you're going to get out of there right and when the stove is hot you're going to touch it once when you're a baby and then you're going to wire hardwire some programmed responses to keep you from having that same injury again you're going to reject that threat by pulling your hand away when you start to feel something warm because your brain made some synapses when you were a little little kid the first time you touched a hot stove and burned your hand we have to remember that those negative inputs are basically five times more powerful than positive ones are. And we've talked a lot about how that should turn into being super careful with the things that we say to other people, especially our loved ones or people that are students or children or younger people around us, our spouses and loved ones, people who value our opinion. If we use our words negatively or as weapons, we will create harmful synapses in other people that can be very difficult for them to overcome even for the rest of their lives. So so remembering how the neuroanatomy and neuroscience works that you that, that negative things wire more powerfully into the brain five to one than positive ones do, that should give you some a sense of responsibility of how you wield your words around other people, right? Well, today we're going to talk a little bit about fear and the, the kind of the neuroscience and the spirituality of, of fear. And what can happen is if you don't pay attention, you can let your fear kind of replace God. It, it can almost become an idol. It can become an idol. If you remember, if we define idol, idolatry, as something bigger in your mind than God is, something more powerful or more important to you or more worthy of your pursuit or more uh, powerful than God is in your heart, then that would be sort of the perfect definition of an idol, right? So, Fear can work its way into becoming an idol or a god or an insurmountable object if you're not a spiritual person. Fear can become something in your mind that seems to be impossible to deal with. And then if you're not careful, you will begin to react to the things you're afraid of, just like there is a real threat out there. 
just like there was a bear in your kitchen, you, you, you begin to react with the same set of responses that you would if there was a real threat. So you're afraid of something happening at work. You're afraid of that little bump you feel under your skin might be something terrible. And you begin to react and you get into this fearful state and you start letting your limbic system drive the ship of how you respond to those fears and they become um, sensitive to emotions and that turns into behaviors on your part that can really lead you down a very dangerous and difficult path if you're not super careful. So we're going to talk about fear and how not to let it become an idol. And as always, the good news, my friend, is that we can start today. Hey, are you ready to change your life? If the answer is yes, there's only one rule. You have to change your mind first. And my friend, there's a place where the neuroscience of how your mind works smashes together with faith and everything starts to make sense. That place is called self-brain surgery. You can learn it and it will help you become healthier, feel better, and be happier. And the good news is you can start today. Thanks, Lisa. Hey, so glad to have you listening today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I live in Nebraska in the United States of America with my incredible wife, Lisa, my father-in-law, Tata, and the super pups, Harvey and Lewis. I'm a neurosurgeon and an author, and I'm here to help you harness neuroscience, the power of your brain, faith, the power of your spirit, and good old common sense to help you lead a healthier, better, happier life. Listen, friend, you can't change your life until you change your mind, and I'm here to help you learn the art of self-brain surgery. To get it done, you can get the show notes and more at drleewarren.podbean.com. That's drleewarren.podbean.com, and if you like the show, please subscribe so you never miss an episode and tell your friends about it. If you tell two or three friends this podcast was helpful to you, imagine how much good we can all do around the world together. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I'm here to help you change your mind so you can change your life. Let's get after it. Okay, I'm going to read you Psalm 16. Now, over Psalm 16, I'm going to play... Um, Carl Miner is one of my favorite guitar players, and he works now. He's doing some videos for a, a music store called the North American Guitar Company, uh, Nor- the North American Guitar. And they've got just an amazing YouTube channel where all these beautiful uh, guitars are played by amazing artists. And Carl Miner does something new almost every every few days. And July 2nd, he posted this beautiful little song that he's playing on a 1949 Martin D28, just a gorgeous Brazilian Rose- Rosewood guitar. So I'm going to play this music behind um, I'll put a link to the North American guitar. Um, this is not copyrighted music. And so I'm just playing it s- s- because it's beautiful to provide a backdrop to Psalm 16 as I read it. But if you're interested in acoustic guitars and you like that sort of thing, I'm going to link out to their website. So uh, maybe if you're in the market and you buy a guitar from them, I'm not affiliated with them in any way, but I'm using their music. So I want to just let you know about them. And Carl Miner's playing this beautiful music. I'm going to play it behind Psalm 16. And there's a purpose behind that. So let me read it to you now. Keep me safe, my God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. Apart from you, I have no good thing. I say of the holy people who are in the land, they are the noble ones in whom is all my delight. Those who run after other gods will suffer more and more. I will not pour out libations of blood, blood offerings to such gods, or take up their names on my lips. Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night my heart instructs me. I will keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. 
Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, nor will you let your faithful ones see decay. You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Okay, that's Psalm 16. Thank you for Carl Miner's music back there. Wasn't that beautiful? Listen, like I told you before, if you define an idol as something bigger than God in your heart, then you could recognize how fear could become an idol. Fear could become so big in your heart. If you're afraid of everything, that means that there's no room for God to tell you that it's going to be okay. Well, I want to give you a couple of scriptures here. The first one is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which paths to take. When you listen to your limbic system, when you start saying, I'm afraid of everything, everything is terrifying me, then what's happening is your limbic system is telling you that you need to run, but you don't even know where to go. You have no, no place to turn because you're so scared. There's no place to turn that seems safe because everything feels overwhelming. Well, God says, trust in me. Give it to me, and I'll show you which path to take. I will show you the way out of that thing that scares you. I'll give you a path to take. Seek my will, and I'll show you the way, right? So that's a that's a, a prehab verse you can put in your head to remember the next time you start feeling afraid, you'll say, wait a minute, it feels like I don't know what to do or where to go. But God says, if I just trust him, he will give me the path that I need to take. Now, I want you to know something. Fear never ever comes from the Lord. God does not use fear to motivate you. God never will put something to scare you in your heart or in your mind. So if you're feeling fear, if you're feeling afraid, it's not from him. Now, I'm not talking about a rattlesnake jumping out from under your cabinet. That ought to scare you, okay? I'm talking about when your brain wakes you up at two o'clock in the morning and tells you that tomorrow's the day you're finally going to go bankrupt. Tomorrow's the day that she's going to leave and it's impossible and it's hopeless and that thing's going to be malignant and the situation is un, just unsalvageable and the economy's going off the rails and you're never going to get to do this thing that you've always wanted to do and your grandkids don't love you and blah, blah, blah. The, when those things start popping into your head in the middle of the night and it begins to just circle around you like the enemy at the gate and you can't find a way out of it in your brain that's not from the lord now first john 4 16 through 18 says this we know how much god loves us and we have put our trust in his love god is love and all who live in love live in god and god lives in them and as we live in god our love grows more perfect so we will not be afraid on the day of judgment but we can face him we will not be afraid. So here's the thing. God is love. He does not give us a spirit of fear, the Bible says, but of power. God doesn't put fear in your heart, friends. So if you're feeling fearful, you need to prehab yourself with those verses. And when you're in the middle of it, you need to change your mind. Remember we talked before about the ability that we have. We're the only 
animal God made that has the ability to select what we pay attention to, to switch trains. I've called it to, to get off this train of thought that you're on before it hits the end of the line, blows up. You can actually change your mind and use self-brain surgery to switch trains and get on a different train of thought. That's what Philippians 4, 6, and 7 is about. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ. Andre Crouch wrote a song a long time ago called Somebody Somewhere is Praying. Let me give you a little snippet of it. Somebody somewhere is praying just for you mm, Somebody somewhere is praying just for you They may be way overseas but they're down on their knees God has them praying praying Somebody somewhere Somebody somewhere is praying for you. Listen, God says that you can learn to switch your train of thought. And one way to do that is to recognize that there are people who care about you, that Jesus is interceding for you, that there are people on our prayer wall, wb.com slash prayer. Put that prayer request out there and know that somebody somewhere is praying for you. Now, why does that matter right here? Why am I sticking that here? Because when you're afraid, you start to feel really, really alone. You start to feel like nobody's got it as bad as you do. There's no situation that's as tough as the one that you're in. There's no problem as big as the one you're facing. And that thing becomes so big that it basically nudges God out of your mind and it becomes impossible. And if you can just switch trains and remember, wait a minute, Jesus is on my side. Jesus is interceding for me and praying for me. God promises me that if I set my mind on him and lean not on my own understanding, that he'll give me the path out of this thing, that he has a plan for me, that that his plans are good for me to prosper me and not to harm me, that he doesn't put fearful thoughts in my head, that he's always on the side of peace and love and he wants me to be okay. And somebody somewhere is praying for me, even if I can't feel it, even if I don't know it. Dr. Warren's out there praying for me right now. My, my, I've got people on my side. If you can switch to that train of thought, then guess what happens? Your frontal lobes re-engage. Daniel Amen wrote an amazing book called Your Brain is Always Listening. You need to read it. Your Brain is Always Listening. It's about the different kinds of thought patterns that he calls them dragons that tend to pop up and they, and they tend to breathe fire on our brains and mess us up and mess up our lives. Your brain will hurt you if you don't control it. And when you get in this limbic state of fear swirling around and wiping you out, you've got to re-engage those big old beautiful frontal lobes that God gave you that have executive power to tell your limbic system to shut up and get in line and you can start thinking better. And Philippians 4, 6, and 7 is one of those verses you can use to get your frontal lobes going. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Somebody somewhere is praying. You ought to be praying too. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Remember the gratitude graft we talked about a while back? I'm going to give you that operation soon. You take what you're feeling right now and you snip it out. You sever that synapse that's taking you down the wrong train of thought and you graft in gratitude for a second. Wait a minute. I'm not dead. 
I still have breath. I'm thankful for that. My heart's beating. I'm thankful for that. I've got a bed that I'm sleeping on. Even though my brain is going crazy, I've got a bed. I've got a roof over my head. I'm not getting rained on. I'm not having to sleep out in the, in the grass with the coyotes. I've got something to be thankful for, no matter how bad it may seem. Listen, friend, I saw a person this week in my office who in the last year has lost their last living blood relative. They've been evicted from their home. They had to move to another state to find a dwelling place because they couldn't get in in free housing in our state. Like that person has troubles. That person and their significant other both have significant health problems. They can't find a job. They can't find a place to live. Those people have some troubles that are arguably probably bigger than what you're going through right now, right? But this person is the happiest, friendliest person that always says, but you know what? I've got a blessing too. I have a patient who can't see. And every time I see that patient, the first thing they say to me is how blessed they are that their health is generally good. And they're completely blind. So my my point about that is not to say that you ought not to actually take care of the problems that you do have and that some things shouldn't be concerning to you. Of course they could. But the way to get your brain under control so that you can actually do something about those problems is to engage your frontal lobe and switch trains of thought and using gratitude to get you back to a place to say, wait a minute, it's not a catastrophe. All is not lost. These problems are real, but I can manage them by getting my brain on straight and getting after it, right? And if you let God be bigger than your problem, if you switch that idolatry around and you say, I'm not going to give a blood offering to this God of idolatry of fear. And let's go back to Psalm 16 for a second. I brought that to you because he starts, it's a perfect lament. He starts with trusting that God's big. Keep me safe, O oh God, for in you I take refuge. You wouldn't take refuge in a tiny little God that wasn't able to solve any problems. You wouldn't take refuge in a, a cardboard box if there was a tornado outside, right? He's saying, he's telling his brain, God is big enough for me to take shelter in. I say to the Lord, you're my Lord. Apart from you, I have no good thing. So he's telling it. He's putting his brain in the right place. God is bigger than my problem. God is a safe refuge, and I don't have anything good if I don't have him. I say of the holy people who are in the land, they are the noble ones in whom is all my delight. Saying people who trust God and follow him, they're generally trustworthy. I can delight in them. I've got some people who will be on my side. And then verse four, those who run after other gods will suffer more and more. Let me ask you a question, friend. How many times in your life when you sat around and worried all night or fretted or let fear run wild and let fear make you lash out at somebody you love or make fear make you say some things that you don't normally say and then you've got to try to unwind all those harmful things and, the, and you leave people in your wake that are wondering if what's real is what you say when you're happy or what's real is what you say when you're afraid and they don't know if they can trust your feelings towards them anymore, all those things. How many times that you've given in to fear have the next day you've been better off, that your life was easier, that it made something better for you? How many times? That's what he's saying here. Those who run after other gods, and we'll put lower G God, we'll put fear in one of those places. Those who run after other gods will suffer more and more. Fear never makes things better. And since you know that, then you've got to do what my patient, Mr. Green, did in the book that I just wrote. I told you about him before. Relentlessly refuse to participate in your own demise. And if you know fear is not going to help you, you are not going to give into it anymore. I will not pour out, David says. I will not pour out 
drink offerings, blood offerings to such gods. I won't take their name up on my lips. Remember the first thing he did? I'm not going to take refuge in fear. I'm going to take refuge in God. Keep me safe, God, for in you I take refuge. You're my Lord. Apart from you, I have no good thing. I will not run after other gods because that just makes me suffer. I'm not going to do it anymore. Verse 5, Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure. And then he gets himself into gratitude. He grafts gratitude. Look at, look at what he says in verse 6. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. So he's just gone in the space of six verses. He's gone from, I'm going to take refuge in God. Holy cow. There are some bad things that happen if I pursue the wrong God. If I pursue the wrong idea. If I let myself give in to fear. If I make something, an idol, bigger than God in front of me, I'm going to suffer more and more. But no, I'm going to remember that God's put me in a good place. I've got some good boundaries. I've got pleasant things in my life. I will praise the Lord who counsels me even at night. My heart instructs me. Here's the choice you can make. You can swirl around in fear all night, or you can trust God. Even at night, my heart instructs me, I will keep my eyes on the Lord. With him in my right hand, I will not be shaken. And here's the punchline. Therefore, my heart is glad, and my tongue rejoices. My body will rest secure, because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, nor will you let your faithful ones see decay. I'm so sorry about my voice, friend. We got to get through this. You make known to me the path of life, and you will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Listen, friend, fear can become an idol, it become bigger than God. And when you let that happen, you will suffer more and more. And the path out of it is prehab, self brain surgery, and rehab. And I use scripture to do that. You can do all kinds of things. You can, you know, you can meditate, you can read other good books, you can listen to music that might calm you down, put on some Carl Minor music. I mean, that stuff will calm your brain down. It'll help you, right? Go read Daniel Amos' book. Your brain is always listening. There's there's things you can do to get your brain under control. For me, it works using scripture and worship music and prayer. That works for me. It may work for you too. But let's get this idol under control. Let's chop it down. And let's remember that when your brain is on fire, Jesus is the answer. There's there's a way out of it. And you can use self-brain surgery to get it done. I'm going to play a song. C.C. Winans covering an old Andre Crouch song. I'm just kind of on an Andre Crouch kick here um jesus is the answer jesus is the answer for what the world needs so cc wine is going to take us out uh, and play that that music for you just to give you something to think about a little little happy tune in your heart let's get fear under control okay we'll talk more about it later but i want to give you psalm 16 as a kind of a guide to help you remember the difference between pursuing that that idol of fear and how it makes you suffer and switching your brain onto something healthier so don't forget all those verses I've given you. I'll put them in the show notes. Just get that brain under control, friend, today, because I want you to prosper. I want you to be happy. I want you to become healthier and feel better and be happier. And you can do that, but you can't change your life until you change your mind. And the good news is you can start today. Here's Cece Winans. Jesus is the answer. Sing it with me. For the world today. Above him there's no Jesus is the way, Jesus is the answer for the world today, above him.
Hey, thanks for listening. The Dr. Lee Warren podcast is listener supported. Check out patron.podbean.com slash Dr. Lee Warren. That's patron.podbean.com slash Dr. Lee Warren. Patrons and partners get free books, transcripts, special patron only episodes, and more. And partners like you allow us to stay ad free and keep growing. Please subscribe to the show so you automatically get every episode. And if you like the show, you'll love my weekly letter. Check out my writing at drleewarren.substack.com, drleewarren.substack.com. Get the free newsletter every week for my best prescriptions for becoming healthier, feeling better, and being happier through the power of faith and neuroscience smashing together via self-brain surgery, drleewarren.substack.com. And if you need prayer, go to the prayer wall at wleewarrenmd.com slash prayer. The theme music for the show is Make Us One by Tommy Walker, graciously provided for free by the great folks over at tommywalkerministries.org. Check it out and consider supporting them, tommywalkerministries.org. Remember, you can't change your life until you change your mind. And the good news is you can start today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren. I'll talk to you soon. God bless you, friend. Have a great day.